Welcome back to Lockdown Spurs right here on the Lockdown NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, Spurs writer for Kins 5, San Antonio. Glad to have you back. So what are we doing today on this show, kids? We are going to be looking at Joe Wieskamp. Yeah, there is another rookie on the Spurs squad uh, besides Primo, and, and uh, that is uh, Iowa Joe. He's playing pretty well in the Austin Spurs, um, you know, putting up good numbers. Hasn't hit a rookie wall like Primo, but can he legitimately make the Spurs squad as a second rounder? We'll also be looking at Zach Collins and be uh, putting him in the spotlight, wondering if uh, it's too soon to abandon ship on Big Zach. Furthermore, I am joined by my good friend Rudy Campos. He is with Sweep the League, 9.30 a.m. The answer on your San Antonio radio dial. Rudy, I'm, I'm going to let you know now, I'm not going to find you if you throw a ball at me. <laughs> it would be pretty uh, pretty hard to throw a ball at you through the phone, but uh, I promise I won't do that. And if I do, it won't be as hard as Murray did. I mean, I mean, how ridiculous was that? I mean, you could tell like he wasn't trying to throw it with malice or trying to decapitate the guy or whack him in the head with the ball. And he just threw the ball at him. That's it. Threw, and threw it at the court, no less. And the ref that teed him up had nothing to do with the ball getting hit. I mean, Rudy, what's up with the NBA finding DeJounte Murray 20K for that? You know, it's it's kind of like what we talk about with the players itself, Jeff. It's a, it's The league has gotten really soft. And I oh, get it. Man. You know, when it comes to player versus players, I mean, I totally get that thing. But as far as officials go, I mean, you – you got to understand, too, I understand he threw the ball at the court, he threw it at the official, not, you know, not in a, uh, I guess, in a violent way. Like an aggressive way, yeah. It was it was aggressive. If we go back and look at the tape, we do the rewind, have our own instant replay. It was pretty aggressive. I mean, there wasn't any intent behind it, but it was a pretty aggressive throw to the official. Rudy, Rudy, Rudy. The league's gotten soft, hasn't it? The league has gotten soft, right? It, it's gotten very soft, Jeff. I mean, more on the players' uh, standpoints than anybody, but um, I can't really say the officials have gotten softer. I think what we consider with the officials getting softer is more on the calls, and that has a lot to do yeah. with Adam Silver, not making them ha- having to make these calls that, you know, not calling the travel, not calling the carry, stuff like that. Kind of like how uh, Rick Barry was on a certain twit, uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter uh, video mm-hmm. that I posted yesterday. I mean, it has gotten soft. Rudy, what's going on with the uh, the show, Sweep the League? Let everybody know before we dive into this episode of Locked on Spurs. Yeah, we, we actually had a decent, uh, pretty in-depth conversation about why Manu and Tony didn't make the top 75. I probably upset a lot of Spurs fans saying that uh, Manu didn't really deserve to be top 75 oh, and Parker okay, was snubbed, but I could see why he didn't make it either. But uh, I know the Manu thing probably upset a lot of people. Yeah, well, you can check more of that out on Sweep the League Radio, 9.30 a.m. The Answer, or follow Rudy on Twitter at Sweep the League. And I promise you, he will not find you. He's not soft. He's not soft. <laughs> no. Yeah. no, definitely not. Well, let's dive into it here. Uh, Joe Wieskamp, instead of the beginning of the uh, show here, like, yeah, you think Spurs fans forget there's another rookie that was drafted in the Primo draft? Um, Joe Wieskamp, second rounder, doing pretty well. And also, we'll pull up his numbers in a little bit. But I guess the big overarching question I have for you uh, today, Rudy, is this. You know, he's a second rounder. Not many second rounders stick with teams. Sure, they they become journeymen. 
Um, mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe you find a rare gem like a Manu in the second round, but I mean, he's not projected to be a Manu like player. Do you think a second rounder like Wieskamp can find his way to the Spurs roster or maybe just an NBA roster? You know, in my opinion, before the trade deadline, I felt like Joe could probably not so much solidify his spot on the Spurs roster, but would make a huge case to be a part of the Spurs roster going forward. Then you've got additional two first-round picks going into this draft. So you're essentially looking at three first-round picks ahead of Joe Camp. Right now, he's averaging 16 points a game, almost four boards and two assists a game, while shooting 32% from threes uh, down in Austin. The surprising thing to me is he's averaging – just over a one and a half of the steals a game, which mm-hmm. coming into the league, defense was his not forte. It was mm-hmm. definitely something that he had to work on. He still needs to work on it. He's got a lot of problems staying in front of his defenders. He looks a little lost on the defensive side. I think if he's going to make any mm-hmm. type of impression on the coaching staff, it's got to start on that side of the ball. But with guys ahead of him already in the rotation to include Primo, then to see three first-rounders, possibly one, maybe two of them being guard or small forward, it's going to be tough to see Joe make it to the varsity squad. I I talked to Joe many times um, this season, and he does realize that he needs to work on defense. He he sees that, he gets that, he understands that, uh, and he's adapting to the league, uh, the physicality of it. He told me he added about two to three pounds of muscle. I think he still needs to add a little bit more. Um, But he has something that is a hot commodity right now is that's three point shooting that mm-hmm. may save him or find him a spot on any roster in today's league. Uh, Rudy. It definitely will. Cause in today's league, you've got to be a three point threat. If you want to make it in this league, if you're, you know, a guard shooting guard um, or even a small forward, but you know, I've even had conversations with uh, some Spurs fans around and they all point to uh waste camps, three point shooting, especially in college. Well, the Spurs don't have Luca Garza down low, and that's what benefited Wies Camp from getting those open looks and freed him up to get those open looks from three. So, of course, he's going to be shooting a lot better percentage in uh, collegiate levels, but still shooting 32% in Austin right now. It's not bad, especially for a rookie. I think what he also needs to do is be able to create his own shot a little bit better because in the NBA, it's a fast-paced mm-hmm. game, something that's not like the NCAA. So, I think if he can improve his three-point shooting to be right around 40%, I think he's pretty much a lock-on to stay with the Spurs squad. Yeah, it, He's obviously working on the defensive end. You mentioned it, 1.6 steals out in Austin. Pretty good mm-hmm. uh, considering um, that he's known for being an offensive guy. Look, he doesn't lack for confidence since the summer league till now. Uh, he's said that he doesn't care if he goes 0 for 100. He's going to keep shooting because he knows he's going to get hot. I like to see that out of him. Um, but you, you bring up a good point about the depth. You know, the, the, the Spurs are going to get younger uh, this offseason. That's only if they stick with their picks. If they flip them for an established player, okay, fine. But, you know, the, the idea right now is they're sticking with their picks. They're going to get younger. Mm-hmm. But with the Spurs, you're looking at Wieskamp. I mean, dare I say? Could you see the Spurs if they want to flip and move move him as part of some sort of package deal? I mean, I think Spurs fans would be okay with that. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Joe Joe doesn't bring anything more to the table than, you know, Doug McDermott does or Devin Vassell or even Alani Walker from shooting in the uh, outside. So I think if he's part of any type of package, uh, it wouldn't be a problem for any Spurs fans to, you know, they wouldn't be upset or anything like that. 
especially if you're going to package a first rounder, maybe a second rounder and add Wies camp just to kind of sweeten the deal for a team that needs to shoot. Yeah. That would definitely yeah. be a really good move for them. Yeah. And he's young, obviously, you know, he, he we mentioned the commodity he has a three point shooting, but we really haven't seen it in the, um, in the NBA level yet, as far as Wies camp, because I don't think he's gotten a, a really good fair shake. Uh, like a primo does now i get it primo was a you know in the first round with number 12 overall i get that <laughs> so obviously the spurs are going to look to um primo to getting the reps but he's played 17 games with san antonio about six minutes per game and the stats don't really jump out at you two points per game he's shooting about 45 percent and about 40 percent from the three line albeit he only takes about one a game uh i think I think as the season moves on, well, obviously I don't know anymore because the season moving on, we know this team is gunning for a play-in slash playoff spot. So minutes may be hard to get for Wee's camp because it's obvious, Rudy, this team is not in tank mode. Football might be over, but basketball is in full steam as both pro and college hoops are underway. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance, props to where the next few fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, UFC odds, right down to Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. BetOnline, where the game starts. No, they're not. They still have a chance for the playing game. And then with the addition of also Josh Richardson, that kind of cuts into even those minutes that you would have potentially seen Wieskamp get if he was brought up on the varsity level. But considering the Spurs are still in it, they still have a chance to make the playing spot. I think they're only like a game and a half, two games out of that final playing spot. I think there's no such thing as tank mode right now, as long as there's a potential for them to make that playing spot, which, to be honest, I think there's, what, like 20 games left in the season. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. there there's not much room for error. So you're going to see the starters really start to ball out uh, definitely from the rest of the season here. Um, he's made it very clear. He's told me that he looks to a guy like Doug McDermott. He says that is the type of player that he wants to become. Not a bad you know, player to uh, at least a player mold to be, you know, Dougie, you know, obviously he's Dougie McBuckets for a reason. He gets your points. He gets your three point mm-hmm. shots. But if he's going to adapt the McDermott mold, then there's something that he needs to add. And that is a slasher. I mm-hmm. looked at him in Austin and yeah, you know, he's comfortable with the outside shot and I get it. That's his thing. But little by little, you're starting to see him work on a, his game. He's, he's trying to be a better passer. Rudy, he just needs work all around. Not, not, I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying that because he's a second rounder, because he's not co- probably going to get many more minutes this season, unless something catast- catastrophic happens to the Spurs where they just decide to go tank mode or, or, or an injury knock on wood, uh, he needs to really show out while he's in Austin right now and put the game together for maybe next season. So, Rudy, I ask, you know, I think at this point of the season, the jury's probably still out on what Wieskamp can do for San Antonio or let alone any other team. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the thing with the with Wieskamp that I see is he looks a little stiff while he's on the court, and that's on the offensive end as well as defense. But 
for looking at his offensive end, Doug McDermott's a really great player to, you know, to try to be like when you come up to the NBA. But with, you know, Doug going all the way back to Creighton, I mean, he had that slasher's mentality as well. He could get to the paint. Not only could he shoot, he could score at the basket, get to the rim. Something that Wieskamp really needs to work on, uh, he just looks a little too stiff on the offensive side. But if he was able to loosen up some and develop, you know, develop a dribble drive to the basket where he gets to the rim, gets higher percentage shots, definitely would be good. But you know what? If he stays as a shooter, I mean, we've seen shooters in the past that have benefited just by being that outside threat, whether it be a Gary Neal or a Jaron Jackson. I mean, these guys were able to help Spurs win a title and make a difference for the Spurs team. So it's kind of in Joe's hands right now what kind of player he wants to become, but he's got to perfect at least one one of those attributes. Yeah, you know, the season's not over yet, but yeah, my grade for him at this point of the season is – Kind of still wait and see incomplete I mean, because mm-hmm. just a few games in San Antonio, you know, at least on the uh, professional level, not to say the G, the G League is bad, you know, it's, it's good. And you said, Joe, you've seen Wiseman go out there. You've seen Steph Curry go out there. Clay Thompson go out there. I mean, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. useful. But just 17 games in his rookie season on the NBA level, just about six minutes a game. He usually plays in garbage time. Uh, really, really hard to really gauge where he can be, but it, it just—it's going to be tough for him because he's a second rounder. I mean, good Quindari Weatherspoon. People forgot about him. By the way, yeah. Joe—I mean, sorry, uh, Rudy. You're thinking, sorry, I'm thinking of Joe Wieskamp here. Rudy, why didn't Weatherspoon get a, a tribute video when he came back to San Antonio? I didn't. He didn't. No, that's what I was going to say. I was thinking, yeah, he didn't get one, did he? I don't know. I mean, he's a Spurs legend, isn't he? He should have got one. A Spurs legend, Quindari <laughs> Witherspoon. But you're looking at Quindari Witherspoon playing great for the Golden State G League team, the the Santa Cruz team. Yeah. And he's gotten spot minutes with the Warriors, and he's balled out. But, you know, again, what is the common thread here? He's a second rounder, still in the still in the G League. And he's really what, going in year three-ish for him. So, yeah, hopefully a Wieskamp will get better. But, you know, you could definitely see him um, play in Austin for those fans that are curious to see what he could provide this team. Was the Juan Blair the last second rounder to make the roster? I thought he was a first rounder, Dewan Blair. Dewan Blair? I thought he was a second rounder. He's a second rounder? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think his stock dropped yeah. because of the knees, right? What's that? His stock dropped because of the knees, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, he had no like no ligament or something in his kneecaps. So, I mean, but he was a hard worker. He just got into Pop's doghouse and didn't quite work out the way a lot of people hoped, you know, he would. Yeah, well, we'll definitely see what the future holds for young Wee's camp. But again, all those um, those Austin Spurs games, they're, they're free. You can just uh, check them out on, um, on the Austin Spurs website. And uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. And uh, good luck to Joe Wieskamp. We're talking with Rudy Campos right here on Locked on Spurs. Uh, we just wrapped up our little discussion about Wieskamp. And uh, we're going to be transitioning now to Zach Collins. But before we do that, once again, Rudy, tell everybody about Sweep the League. Yeah, Sweep the League comes to you every Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on 930 a.m. The answer, the only live local sports uh, talk radio uh, show on Sunday night. So catch us, uh, like I said, 9.30 a.m. The Answer, 7 to 9 p.m. every single Sunday. 
it out. Follow uh, Rudy on Twitter at Sweep the League. Zach Collins, um, after uh, close to two years, nearly two years away from the NBA court, he is back uh, in San Antonio. Uh, Spurs uh, inked him over the off season. You know, I think the the the, the reason for that was more of a long term investment to see mm-hmm. if he will pan out. He is a he is a, a top ten pick. You know, he went high in that draft back in the day, but. So far through eight games in San Antonio, one start, 16 minutes, 5.5 points per game, five rebounds per game, about two assists, and he's shooting about 43% and 27% from the three line. I, I, I feel, Rudy, that with Zach Collins is very much like Joe Wieskamp in the sense it's incomplete because you have to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's coming back after nearly two years away from the league. But it's if you take a pulse of the fan base, Rudy, it seems like Spurs fans are already sour on him. They want him gone. I, I think it's too soon for that. Definitely. You're talking eight games back from a multiple injury plague season. I mean, the guy, the guy is just coming back from injuries. It's eight games into his Spurs career and five points average, a five rebound average doesn't scream like, oh, you know, this is what we should be getting out of him. This is the type of guy he should be. He already should. But, I mean, you got to remember, it was a very team-friendly contract where if it doesn't work out, hey, it doesn't work out. No big deal. We're just trying to get you back on the court and see what you can do. I mean, this guy's never averaged a double digits in his career, whether in Portland or now with San Antonio. Why would you think he was going to do anything different? People had assumed he was going to come in and be this gangbuster and start, you know, making the Spurs that much better at the center position. I mean, you can't expect that from a guy who's just getting his legs back under him. Yeah, I think it's way too soon uh, for Spurs fan base or anybody just to say, oh, no, the experiment is done uh, because you have to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's not even allowed to play on many back-to-backs, and even then he's limited on time already. I think they're pushing him to about 15 minutes per game, which is right on track. He's, you know, in total, he's averaging about 16. But you can see already they're they're still monitoring himself, uh, exact that is, in his return. But I guess the big question here, Rudy, is if this this signing, the Zach Collins edition, is meant for the long term, like next season, do you think it'll pan out? Do you believe he will be the Zach Collins that we all saw out in Portland? Man, I think if we're asking that question with a definite answer right now, I would say probably so. I would say I would buy into that. Um, considering, again, you know, he's just coming back to the NBA season. He's just getting his legs under him. He hasn't had a complete off season with the Spurs. And everybody who knows and follows the Spurs knows for a fact that your first year is going to be a rough one with the team until you get accustomed to the players and the organization itself. Give him a full offseason. If he comes back with the Spurs next year, I think it's going to be a little bit better than what we're seeing right now. You may see him be the primary backup to Jakob. But, again, mm-hmm. you know, for this season, it's kind of just uh, live and learn with Zach Collins right now with the Spurs. Why, why does it feel that Zach Collins, as good as he can be, and we've seen he can be, you know, pre-injuries, um, that he's just still not it at that position that the Spurs need? that it's still not that big man that can stretch the floor and give you business, or at least the opposing team's business, on both ends of the court. 
it still feels that even though they got Jakob and even though they got Zach Collins and even though they got Jock Landale, Rudy, it just feels that it's still not good enough moving forward uh, in this rebuild. Celebrate the freedom of choice with Built Bar. Did you know you can choose from many delicious flavors at Built Bar? Well, you can get coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, salted caramel, strawberry. The list goes on and on. There's definitely a flavor for each and every Built Bar fan. And hey, look, if you feel like you're going to miss out, they have the mix box. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, they're also healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today. Get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. That is pretty cool. Go to Built.com right now and get yourself 15% off your order. That's Built.com, 15% off once again at Built.com. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that. It feels like they still need an athletic wing. And I, I get it. Jakob's going to be your center, you know, for the future. He's going to be the guy that's going to be, you know, your bruiser, your defensive presence. He's going to control the paint. But you're right. You know, you're hoping with Zach Collins you get a stretch four or not even a stretch four, a stretch big. And same thing with Jock. You know, Jock was showing that he had the range, but it's the consistency that you don't get from these two guys. I mean, Zach just coming back, Jock, Jock just being a rookie technically in the NBA. I mean, besides them, the only next the next guy up that could probably be considered a stretch big is Devontae Kaycock, and we haven't really got much out of him. So mm-hmm. I think this going into the offseason, the Spurs probably would need to address to get a stretch big. But if it's just Zach and Jock, I mean, again, it's another offseason. They have to work on this. And I think they can get it done. I mean, you got one of the best coaches in the league in Chip England. So I, I don't see any reason to doubt that. Yeah. I mean, you look at his numbers, Zach Collins, his best uh, performances, if you will, it was obviously back in Portland, you know, pre-injuries. But for his career, his best season scoring, Rudy? was actually, at least in the regular season, mind you, was the nineteen twenty season, uh, about seven points per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, again, that was before he got hurt. That was 12 games in. Uh, he really hasn't played a complete season yet. Even in the most healthiest season that he was in, the eighteen nineteen season with the Blazers, 77 games. This is what worries me, is the durability of him. Um, it doesn't seem he's a durable kid. Rudy, I mean, is that a concern? It's always a concern, but, you know, I would be more alarmed if they were to have signed him to a lucrative deal and a deal that's just worth more than what you're actually willing to pay him. The deal that Mm -hmm. they were able to get him for is a, it's a team friendly deal. It's a perfect deal. It's a come in, show us what you can do. If it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. But yeah, it's very concerning. I mean, you, you're hoping that a guy like him turns into the top 10 pick that he was, you know, meant Mm -hmm. to be. And you're just, but again, you're not paying too much for that hope and that potential. I mean, we've seen guys being drafted early. I mean, you and I were talking about earlier with another guy about Greg Oden. I mean, there's injuries happen and they can derail a person's career, a player's career. Not saying it's doing that to Zach, but if you give him again, if you give him the off season, hopefully he continues to get stronger. Hopefully he continues to improve. 
if not, then hey, no harm done. We wish you the best of luck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all you can do. You just hope he gets better and, and be the player that he could be. You know, I, you know, talk about coming full circle. I met him slash spoke with him the day before he got drafted by the Blazers. And mm-hmm. it was at one of the media events uh, for the draft. And the first thing he told me was that he was a fan of Tim Duncan and that it was criminal that Duncan never got the DPOI, Defensive Player of the Year Award, ever in his career. Yeah. I mean, he was just glowing about the Spurs. And it just felt like, you know, it came full circle for him to be a Spur ultimately. Uh, so, so I think he likes being part of the team. You know, you see him on the sidelines. He's cheering the guys on. He, you know, still showing that flair, you know, back in when he was with Austin for that, what, three, four games he was with them. You know, very, very passionate on the court. Many people took that as a bad attitude because there was many times uh, with the Austin club when he slammed the ball, you know, on the court or slammed it into the basket. I talked to uh, Coach Shabozik about that, and he told me that, no, that it's not, he's not trying to disrespect the game, that he's just so set on being a perfect player that he gets upset with himself if he messes up an assignment defensively or offensively, whatever have you. But so the will is there, Rudy, just the body. Will the body follow? And I think that's why the Spurs would be so cautious with him because he has a history of this, because he hasn't played a full 82-game slate. Okay, fine, there was the pandemic, but still, you know, he hasn't gone through the rigors. Rudy, what do you expect out of him next season? What do you think, you know, is this, is next season when the microscope, the hot seat is going to be in play for him? For sure. I mean, until we know exactly what the Spurs are going to do in the offseason, Zach Collins is your backup center. I know, you know, Jock has shown a lot more than what Zach has this year. But if you're going to go for veteran-type leadership, you're going to go with Zach Collins. So as of right now, he's your backup. And if, you know, Jakob goes down, very good chance that we're going to see Zach become the starter. Knock on wood with that. (laughs) Yeah, not very knock on wood. I'm sorry about that, everybody out there. But, I mean, Zach, uh, I I see going into next season, you've already got Zach as your backup. Unless we know what they're going to do in the offseason, which we really don't, they're probably going to draft a big guy. But, again, you're asking for a big guy to come into the league and make an instant impact. It's hard to determine which rookies are going to make an instant impact and which other ones are going to struggle. So going into next season, as of right now, Zach Collins is your backup. I think you just try to get as much out of him as you can and hope the body does hold up. Is team general manager Rudy Campos dabbling or not pushing off the table of of flipping Zach Collins in the offseason as well? If it means either moving up a draft or bringing in an established all-star. Uh, team general manager Rudy Campos has never, ever been afraid to answer the phone call when it came to any play. So <laughs> if, you know, if I was to get a phone call about the availability of Tim Duncan back in the day, I would take the phone call because I've looked at it through the eyes of it's a business. I understand you're trying to win titles. Yes. But if I can win a title this season, awesome. But if I can win a title and then, you know, four of the next six seasons, that's my goal, too. So I would say if you get phone calls about Zach Collins because his contract is so team-friendly and the potential is still there, if you get another team that says, hey, we could use a big and we can see if we can work with you here, you take the phone call. I mean, you always got to take the phone call. It doesn't mean you have to accept the deal if you take the call. But, again, if you could package a first-rounder and they want Zach and even, you know, Joe Wieskamp in it to move up in the draft, 
you've got to consider it because you're technically you're not you're in a rebuild, but you're not in a rebuild. You're still competitive. You're about a player or two away, so that player could come at the expense of a first and Zach. Hey, Rudy, so so you're you're having fire sales every day, aren't you? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. My uh, my job would be awesome because I'd have to have like seven cell phones and. Uh, I would be taking calls on all of them. No matter who the player is, give me a call. If it's something that I feel would benefit the team, I will make the deal ASAP. So, Mr. GM, is there any spur on the roster right now that is untouchable in your mind? In my mind, no. Every every player is available no matter what. And I I get, well, you've got to build around somebody. And when I say every player is available, I also understand you build around players too. But... At the same time, just because I say a player is available doesn't mean that I'm not going to ask for the farm in return. So, uh, but in my eyes, yes, every player is available at any time. Man, look at you! It's a business, isn't it? I can see it's you being. Business. I can see you after trading a player just being look. It's nothing personal. It's business. Oh, like mafia Don style, Me <laughs> compos mafia style. Um, but yeah, no, no. I, that's the good thing about the offseason. The Spurs got options. They they got all that. They got a war chest of picks. They got young players that they can flip. They got draft picks, and they got pretty good contracts to deal with. You got the Zach Collins deal. Yes, you even got Yaka Pertle, you know, young, big. Hey, how many teams were knocking on the door? You know, you got Chicago was, Toronto was, mm-hmm. Charlotte was. So the Spurs really want to get aggressive and really want to fast forward this rebuild. They got pieces that can net them some a good haul, can't they? And you you didn't mention they have close to fifty million in available money this off season. Considering what the NBA cap comes in, it could be fifty or a little bit more than fifty million. I'm right under fifty. I mean that that kind of money and these co- these contracts that they have and the draft picks. This could be the the most exciting off season we've seen for a Spurs franchise. And I have no idea how long. How critical is this offseason for this rebuild? I would put the, you know, I, I say it every year, and I feel like every year it's got to be critical. It's going to be critical. This year, I don't think it's as, I, I, it's critical, but it's not as, uh, it's not as like, you know, DEFCON 5 thing. It's very critical that they nail this offseason because they have so much available in money. They have great contracts they could trade away. They've got players that are developing that other teams would probably want. They've got the draft assets. They've got picks for a few years already. So, I mean, they've got so much to play with, and it's critical on this thing to nail it. But at the same time, I think Brian, Brian Wright should probably just put on a pair of cargo shorts, put on some sandals, put on a Hawaiian T-shirt, kick back with a drink because it should just be a relaxing offseason as well, knowing it's not a rebuild. You still got you still got a team that can compete. You're just a player away. So don't make any like terrible moves. Just just continue to build on the trade deadline of success that you had this season. Yeah, it feels like Spurs fans kind of come around to Brian Wright, haven't they? It really does. Because remember all the chance of get rid of him, get him out of there, all the memes you would see. It looks like it things have changed, huh? Oh yeah, and you know we don't we don't really know what happens behind the uh, the black and silver door that the front office is behind. I mean, we don't know if Brian has been wanting to make these moves the whole time. 
but he's been having some resistance from other people in the front office. I mean, we really don't know that for sure, but after seeing him, you know, able to make these moves at the trade deadline, he's won over a lot of Spurs fans. And hopefully this shows that maybe they're letting the reins go a little bit and allowing him to actually GM. Yeah, I could definitely see a guy like R.C. Buford probably not pulling the trigger on a guy like Primo. I can see him definitely going for for an, for a bigger name or maybe a player that can impact faster than Primo has. Because someone yeah, can he, send overseas. Send he can overseas, yeah. Lucas Zominich, remember that guy? <laughs> um but man, I look back at that draft and how many big names were on the board when Primo's name was still there too. I mean, there were some heavy hitters still left at number twelve. Yeah, I mean the biggest one that you remember offhand is uh Kai Jones. I mean that that was a kid that everybody wanted to see in a Spurs uniform and when he was available, it was like uh, why didn't we get him? But at the same time, it's like, well, I mean, why are we taking Primo? Why are we doing this? I mean, you're looking at guys like um, Moses Moody was still there. If I'm remembering, uh, like Kai Jones. Yeah, I think um, the Johnson brothers were still there too. Yeah, Jalen Johnson yeah. was uh, officially there. I No, uh, Chris Duarte is another one. He's turning yeah. out to be a really great player. So I, I don't know, man. You got you to gotta kind of like, say okay y'all did this we're we're fully behind you we're hoping it works out and you know so far at the g league level it has you know kai jones is in the g league too yeah yeah he is. maybe maybe brian Wright was on to something but hey <laughs> you know, we'll see how this primo uh pick pans out could definitely want to see him next season in uh, full-time spur not a part-time spurs he recently got sent to austin but hey we're done talking we want to hear from you what do you think about uh, zach collins is it too soon to pull the plug on him uh or uh, do you want to get one more season in a silver and black uniform and what about joe Wieskamp, the forgotten rookie do you think his time in san antonio is going to be short-lived or he really has something to give this team in their rebuild and what do you also think about Rudy Campos saying the league is soft or fining DeJounte <laughs> Murray 20K for a ball tossing incident? We definitely want to hear from you. Rudy, tell everybody one more time about Sweep the League. Yeah, you can you can listen to us on Sweep the League or actually watch us on the stream. We stream live on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, it's every Sunday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Myself, Derek Gervin. Uh, Rocky Garza, we're just having a lot of fun. We've been talking a lot of NBA lately, so we're probably going to continue more NBA talk this Sunday. Make sure to follow Rudy on Twitter at Sweep the League. Do it right now. You're going to check out uh, the Batman. Oh yeah, yeah. I've I've strayed away from people that have sent me text messages about it already, and uh, I'm actually going to try to see it first thing tomorrow morning. I think there's a showing at nine, so I'm gonna I'm gonna catch it hopefully. I'm waiting till Saturday. I'm going to go uh, on Saturday. I couldn't wait that long. I, yeah. I barely wanted to wait till tomorrow. I just can't get away because of the Spurs game tonight. So I have to wait till tomorrow. Yeah, you know, and, and I hope, because this is the first time we're seeing young Bruce Wayne, young Batman. I mean, Christian Bale, he was already established. Michael Keaton was, you know, the Batman was established. Mm-hmm. Clooney, the rest of them. They all was established Batman. The closest we got to young Batman was maybe just a glimpse was in Batman Begins. Remember when. You know, he was just wearing like a ski mask and oh, yeah. you know, he was just wearing like fatigues. And 
but we never saw yeah. real young, young, young Batman. But Rudy, I hope he takes a massive L. We've never seen that before. Just gets rocked. I have to see that. I I've heard, and I, I mean it's not really a spoiler thing, but you know from the early reviews, I mean, I one guy who I really trust on reviews, and he is spot on, and he has a massive YouTube channel, said that this Batman was behind the Dark Knight. It's the second best Batman, and it might even take over the Dark Knight in his opinion. So oh, Lord, I am. I am like, okay, I'm super pumped, but I'm trying to just remain calm. But when this guy says it, I, I'm pretty stoked about it. So that's why I can't wait till tomorrow morning. It's you, man. Getting me hype. Maybe I changed my tickets for tomorrow too. I'm just too busy during the week, man. So I got to wait till the weekend. And even then I, I pick a matinee where there's not that many people. Because I don't uh-huh. want to be bothered by the, you know, by just a jam-packed theater. Although that that show is probably going to be packed as well. Like knowing that, you know, all shows yeah. are going to be packed. But yeah, hoping for the best. You know, I want to see Colin Farrell's uh, Penguin. I definitely want to see Daniel's Riddler. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to see how Circus handles as being the new Alfred. So we'll see. We'll see how this goes down. Catwoman. You know, that's one. That's one, one big knock I had on. Uh, the last uh, Crystal, Chris Nolan movie with Bane was that it just felt like we never got really anything out of uh, Catwoman, uh, Hannah Hathaway's mm-hmm. Catwoman. Felt like it was just there. Like, here you go. There, you know. So it had to be a part of it, yeah. And she also played like kind of a Robin role too. Yeah, I mean, she practically was Robin, you know, helping out Batman. So, but yeah. this show has definitely turned into Nerdville. So we're going to put a, a quick bow on this. Uh, one more time. Make sure to follow Rudy Campos. Sweep the League Radio, 930 AM. The answer. Follow him on Twitter at Sweep the League. And let us know what you think about today's topics. And also, too, let us know if you're going to go see the Batman. Uh, you can let me know on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. Subscribe to Locked On Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. Uh, and uh, pick a platform Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher Spotify, this goes on and on we thank you for making Lockdown Spurs your first listen each and every day and make sure to check out Lockdown Kings see what happened uh, on their neck of the woods uh, last night for Spurs Kings, hopefully the Spurs got that W so for Rudy Batman Campos I am Jeff Garcia, we're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs <laughs>